Welcome to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast with your hosts, Mike Randall and Gus Kearns. Good afternoon, good evening, and good morning, Screen the Screener listeners out there. Thank you so much for tuning the podcast in again. Happy to be refreshed and replenished after a little getaway. We're happy to bring some new college basketball notes, tidbits, and information your way. So let's just get started right away. Thank you very much. The big news from last week while we were away, Auburn Bagley III joining the Duke Blue Devils. What in the world? It's cool that they did it on SportsCenter. Cool that he had three schools available. Cool that he's going to wear Danny Ferry's number. Really like all of those aspects to it. It was a little clunky on air, but besides that, I think the kid really presented himself well. Showed that he's kind of a sharp, uh, shrewd uh, type thinker. Uh, and it seems that the lineup that they will have there at Duke is going to be pretty solid. You throw him into the mix at the four position, got Wendell Carter, got Grayson Allen coming back. I mean, there's a lot of nice pieces that Duke has in place, and they were already a top 10, top 5-ish team to begin with. I mean, Wendell Carter's one of those like throwback uh, old-school fours that we talked about on previous podcasts. Imagine him and, and Bagley playing together. And then, of course, don't forget about Marquise Bolden. He's 6'11". He was a leftover from that nice freshman class they had last year. Uh, they have a great backcourt coming in. they got Drent, Gary Trent, who's a shot maker. they got Duval, who's going to be a freshman point guard, who's going to run a true point. And then, you know, throw Grayson Allen off the wing, who's going to be 100% healthy this year, and hopefully his head will be on completely straight as well. And to be honest, I think that Bagley might actually take away some of the negativity that Grayson Allen might have had coming his way, coming into this season. And I think it's going to be a nice blanket of interference or distraction for him operating on the floor as a student athlete, but then also operating as a senior that's come back and has a target on his back. So Marvin Begley, the third news, big news going to Duke. Just wanted to cover that quickly for you guys right away. The other news with another potential big freshman coming in is Mitchell Robinson and the oddity that is his journey. I mean, we talked about him taking a Hamiltonian path couple podcasts back and it is really becoming that um he enrolls at western kentucky which was a surprise to begin with uh his godfather uh, shaman williams leaves the coaching staff um, until robinson packs up and leaves his things without letting anybody on the coaching staff or administration know uh thought about transferring went to actually go visit kansas and new orleans New Orleans is about uh, 15 miles from uh, his hometown or his uh, high, former high school. Uh, now, does he sit out a year? Does he go overseas? Does he go back to Western Kentucky to actually play? The the avenues that the story is traveling down are, are just odd, for lack of a better term. I think the bottom line is here with us is we want to see him be a successful student athlete, even if it's just for one season at one university. It'd be great, be nice, it would be cool to see him actually compete as a student athlete this year. But if he doesn't, I think that would be a disappointment for him. I think it'd be a disappointment for you know college basketball fans that were looking forward to 
watching some impact freshmen, especially impact freshmen that are not going to go to one of you know the big blue bloods. He, he decided to go off script a little bit by saying he was going to enroll in Western Kentucky. So that was a cool storyline by itself right there that you have this, uh, you know, top 10-ish like incoming freshman recruit that goes to a school that's a little bit off the radar. Sure, the Hilltoppers are have had past success. We mentioned uh, that Sweet 16 team that uh, made that cool run uh, a couple years back with uh, Courtney Lee on it. And it seemed like uh, that would be a cool, a great thing for everybody to follow. Uh if you're a fan of mid-majors and whatnot, but now it just seems like it's getting really wacky. So you know, you don't know if he's going to go overseas. You don't know if he's staying close to home. You don't know if he's just going to sit out and get ready for the upcoming NBA draft in 2018. And then where does that put him now that uh, Bagley has re- reclassified and you have him and Porter and a whole bunch of other guys, uh, Donyek from overseas. Uh, so you just don't know where he's going to fall in that particular draft. Speaking of overseas and staying home, now Mike and I try to stay out of any sort of political talk or swaying one way or the other, but I think this is worth talking about. Uh, we had the events that took place, the unfortunate events that took place in Charlottesville, Virginia. We also had the events that took place overseas in Barcelona. Now, you may think, like, what does this have to do with college basketball? Obviously, Charlottesville being the home of UVA, uh, that's very close to the ACC. And, and uh, Tony Bennett is a, a, the, leader, the leader of that program and, and spoke out very smartly and astutely and passionately about the events there. And then also, uh, during the, the event in Barcelona, there was a number of schools that were over there playing overseas, uh, taking their like overseas uh, school trip, which is also uh, like a bonding experience for the team and the coaching staff. You had Grand Canyon over there, you had Arizona, among others, and you just didn't know if they were safe or not due to the travesty. So I think more than anything, I think this just like lets you double check like yourself, right? And your surroundings and 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 take inventory on what's close to you what can you do to be a better neighbor what can you do to be a better father what can you do to be a better uh, uh, uncle what can you do to be a better aunt what can you do just to improve like the situation that surrounds you and I think those events really point in that direction and just make you a little bit more aware maybe raise your uh, uh, our awareness level of your surroundings and, and, and maybe, you know, hug that person that you love a little bit closer. Um, be a little bit more thankful, uh, for things that you might be not taking advantage of, or just like you expect to be normal, but are really special in their own, in their own way. So, you know, go say thank you to somebody, go give somebody a little tighter hug. Uh, make sure that those people feel special and know that, you're thinking that way. So I think more than anything, I think that just made you do like a self-evaluation and just keep an eye on what you have that's close to you and make sure that it's safe and do everything you can to keep it that way. Um, so on to the podcast. Uh, we gave you a couple of news and notes up front. And the theme for this podcast, we're going to go a little cryptozoology on you here. And we're going to reference one of the iconic cryptozoology creatures, which is not mythical, it is proven to be real, it is the coelacanth. The coelacanth was thought to be extinct 
uh, 65 million years ago. It goes back over 350 million years. Um, and it was rediscovered off the coast of Africa in 1938. A fisherman uh, fishing off the dock pulled it up, realized that it looked really odd, brought it to a scientist. That scientist said, oh, my goodness, I need to show this to a fish expert. The fish expert said, oh, my goodness, this, I wish I had the remains were uh, in better shape, but I think this is uh, the coelacanth, which was supposed to be extinct. Um, uh, it has some cool lobed fins on it, which uh, were the precursor for, um, you know, limbs that walk on land. Uh, so the coelacanth, there are two, uh, there are two populations, one off the coast of Africa and one off the coast of, I think, India. Um, so it's back in the mix. Uh, if you Google it, you can probably bring up a cool video of it. It's a really cool looking fish. So the coelacanth is like this thing that was thought to be extinct, was rediscovered, and now has unbelievable scientific value on, uh, you know, how organisms made the transition from water to land, right? So we got to thinking, like, what is the coelacanth in the NCA? And we, we mentioned this before on a couple of pods, but really it's, it's the big. The big still has enormous impact in the NCAAs. NCAA basketball still has a place for an old school big that'll push people around, get some boards, be a menace on the defensive end, and take up space. E even unskilled bigs that might not have an NBA future can still have a giant impact, whether it be in a mid-major or in a major conference. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a look at 20 coelacanth bigs. Those bigs are going to be big players throughout the season. Um, we mentioned one of them earlier. We thought that Mitchell Robinson could be one of these bigs that has a giant impact. He could play coelacanth in the mid-major, but who knows where he, he'll end up now and get hooked uh, and be brought in and perhaps be an impact. So let's let's start with some of the freshman coelacanths. I think some of the freshman coelacanths that are going to have a big impact on all levels, defensively, offensively, and for their program. We're going to start with the guy that Mike really likes from Arizona, DeAndre Ayton. True seven-footer, can shoot it a little bit, will be a defensive menace, will play nicely next to Dustin Rustic. Uh, those two giant seven-footers will have an enormous impact in the Pac-12, and they will be—they'll probably play together a little bit. Uh, I imagine they'll split like 25-15 uh, as far as minutes uh, allotted goes. But DeAndre Ayton has to be one of those first huge bigs that we talk about that are rare to find but still have enormous impact and have enormous value on the college level. Another one that we tweeted out a video of him making a, a, a kind of deep three is Mo Bamba from Texas. We mentioned before on the podcast that he has one of the longest wingspans ever measured ever, not just in college basketball, but just of any basketball player that's ever had their wingspan measured. If he can shoot it from deep two, Mo Bamba is going to be a monster. Who knows? Somebody might even like his credentials coming in a little bit more to the 2018 NBA draft and choose Bamba over Aiton. You just don't know. Another coelacanth frosh is P.J. Washington from Kentucky. P.J. Washington um, is very similar to the next person that we'll mention, Wendell Carter. is a, uh, You know, Cal loves these old-school throw-it-into-him bigs, much like uh, Bam Adebayo last year, uh, a cat previous years. Um, 
and he will take up space. He will be a bucket getter down there. They can base their half-court offense off of a post-touch from Washington. I think he is definitely one of those valued big men. Uh, Wendell Carter from Duke, of course. Uh, and, you know, we mentioned how with their last championship team with Okafor, how he was – you thought, like, maybe he was unathletic or or not as quick as you thought he was or just wasn't a quick jumper, but – he had such an impact that he helped lead that team to a national championship. Wendell Carter is similar, perhaps a little bit more athletic, but just a big load, uh, 6'9", 6'10", 250-ish. Huge, huge body that you can toss into in the half court, ha- get a paint touch inside, outside, and then Duke can shoot more of their open threes, which I'm sure they'll shoot a ton of, and I'm sure uh, they'll throw Bagley into that mix as well. Uh, down there for a couple paint touches, and he might actually be receiving a post-touch from Wendell Carter to shoot that three. Um, So those are our freshman coelacanths that we think might make a huge impact. You got Aiton from Arizona, Bamba from Texas, of course. Uh, We threw in uh, Rustic in that uh, rundown from Arizona, P.J. Washington from Kentucky, and Wendell Carter from Duke. And now to some, and we mentioned Mitchell Robinson, of course, too. Um, Now back to some of the returning Coelacanth. Um, we'll start with uh, the last college basketball game that you saw. Um, the last college basketball game that you saw included Killian Tilly. I mean, it also included Zach Collins, Shemek Karnowski, Kennedy Meeks, Isaiah Hicks, Tony Bradley. The Final Four also included Bell from Oregon, um, Silva from South Carolina. So all of these bigs uh, made it to the Final Four and had impact. And I think that's the one ingredient that it gets overlooked, like we say, like guard play wins in March, and and you need an impact player, but you also need a quality big to make sure that you can get those paint touches and be uh, a factor on the defensive end. And I think before we get into the returning guys, it wouldn't be such a bad idea just to reflect back upon who are some of the Sela Camp bigs from last season. You know, you got John Collins from Wake Forest. He turned himself into an All ACC player into a first round uh, NBA uh, draft selection. Uh, Jared Allen from Texas. The Frosh did not have the input impact that he hoped. His team did not have the success that uh, success that it hoped. But he did turn himself into an NBA first rounder and has a great head of hair. Bam Adebayo, obviously from Kentucky, um, led Kentucky to Sweet 16. Um, all he did was rebound all of Fox um, and Monk's misses, and had a whole bunch of easy putbacks. Uh, Patton from Creighton. Uh, enjoyed some uh, success early. He faded late, as did his team. Um, but he turned himself into a borderline NBA first-round pick, which was amazing if you think about where he came from and how unheralded he was coming into Creighton uh, as a as a recruit. Uh, you had T.J. Leaf and, and Anabogu from UCLA. Um, they went to the Sweet 16. Both were drafted into the 2017 NBA draft. Uh, Leaf in the first round, Anabogu second round. You had Thomas Bryant from Indiana, second-round pick. And then let's not forget about the Boulars, right? The Boulars from New Mexico State are, are great, unbelievable, iconic players. They're both over seven feet tall. Um, we'll get into Tanvir Boular from New Mexico State. He's actually 7'2", but his brother, um, who has since graduated and gone on to play professionally, was 7'5". So we don't want to leave out our last year's seal of cancer. But let's get back to our returning big men that still have value. And that last game that we talked about, Killian Tilly was involved in that game. He's a seven foot, 
uh, sophomore from Gonzaga. And if we're going to look at like the one impactful game that he had, it was that championship game. He only had one point, but he had nine rebounds and one block in 14 minutes uh, for the season. He averaged uh, 4.2 points and, and 3.2 boards. But you can see his role being increased and maybe filling that Karnowski role or maybe filling that Zach Collins role uh, as a sophomore. Uh, another big man that we love, uh, back to the East Coast, Angel Delgado decided to come back from Seton Hall. 6'10-ish, senior 15.2 points per game, led the nation in rebounding, 13.1, and he actually averaged 2.2 assists. And if we're going to go back and look at one impactful game for Angel Delgado, just take a look at March 9th in the Big East tourney. He put up 12 points, 16 rebounds, 9 assists, and 2 blocks in a huge 82-76 win to bolster Seton Hall's tourney resume. So Angel Delgado, definitely one of those coelacanth big men coming back. I bet he will be in the running for leading the nation in rebounding again this year. And... You know, we mentioned uh, the Boulars from New Mexico State. Another giant person is Taco Fall from uh, University of Central Florida. 7'6", 300-pounder. He is unbelievable to watch. If you watch one of their games, you cannot take your eyes off him. They base their whole defense around him and play this... Um, this outreaching zone where they can cover threes and just leave him in the middle to erase any mistakes on drives. He averaged just about 11 points, uh, nine and a half boards. And if we're going to look at one thing, one game where he was really impactful, uh, that November 20th game, which was uh, a loss to Villanova, Villanova won 67-57. He had 20 points and 13 rebounds, and he was 10 for 10 from the field. Pretty impressive. One of Mike's faves is Jacques Landell from St. Mary's, 6'11". He'll be coming back. He will be in the running for West Coast uh, Conference Player of the Year. Um, he averaged just about 17 points, 9.5 boards, and uh, almost 2 assists a game. And if we take a look at one impactful game from him, of course you need to take a peek at that Arizona tournament game against other quality bigs on March 18th. St. Mary's lost 60. 60, uh, 68, 60, but uh, Landell put up 19, 11, and 4 assists in 35 minutes. No foul trouble in that game. Now let's go back to the ACC. Ben Lemmers from Georgia Tech, 6'10", junior, averaged 14.2 points, 9.2 rebounds, and uh, over 2 assists a game. And he just got better and better as the season went on. And let's take a peek at that January 7th game against Louisville. He had 24-9. and nine. He had three blocks. And Georgia Tech only scored 50 points in that game. Limers was responsible for about 24, so almost half of their points. Uh, back out to the West Coast, Chesie Metu from USC. They are just loaded with talent, and he is the anchor on the inside of that team. Again, we said that every team needs a quality big. He is definitely that for sure. 6'11 returner, almost 15 points a game, almost eight boards a game. Um, I think we definitely need to pay attention to the tournament game for, for Metu as well. Uh, the March 19th game against Baylor when he's going up against Motley and other, you know the other quality bigs that they can put out there. He had 28 points on only 14 shots. He had five boards, and he was 6 for 6 from the line. And, man, 
USC was close in that game. They only lost 82-78. Ah, you, and again, USC um, was like the playing darling. You always figure one of those playing games uh, teams go on a little run. USC was that team this year. He is going to have a gigantic year for USC, and I think USC is going to surprise some people. Uh, yeah, let's talk about uh, Tanvir Abulah from New Mexico State, 7-2 returner. Um, you know, Chris Jans is the uh, Wichita State assistant coach who's now the head coach there. Um, you know, Tanvir only averaged 2.7 points and 2.3 rebounds. But, you know, if we take a look at the January 25th game, he scored 11 points. He got five boards in just 14 minutes in an 86-53 win. Sure, it was a blowout, but he did put up numbers. He's going to play an important 15, 10 to 15 minutes a game for this team because that team is loaded with shooters on the outside, and they're going to need to throw it into somebody. I bet for a couple of possessions they do that with Bular. He is a monster of a man. Uh, Thomas Welsh from UCLA, seven-footer, deci- uh, seven-footer decides to come back, and he's going to be leading the charge for UCLA uh, with Holiday. Uh, he averaged almost 11 points a game about uh, nine boards a game and an assist a game. And if we take a look at the December 8th, uh, I'm sorry, December 28th game against Oregon where he was going up against Boucher and Bell, he had 20 points, 10 boards, and three blocks in 26 minutes. Man, UCLA loses that one by two, but Welch is going to have a big impact for UCLA, and it'd be cool to watch him and Metu match up in the Pac-12 this year, two quality big men. Um, I bet two big men that are going to get chosen in the NBA draft in 2018. Uh, and you know what? Let's not leave out uh, Goleman. I think Goleman is going to have an impact, too. He's a quick jumper. Uh, he's active on the boards. He does have some offensive moves. So I, I think if we're going to talk UCLA bigs, you can't ignore Goleman either. In a win against Washington uh, in March in 26 minutes, he had eight points, six boards, two assists, two steals, and three blocks. So the guy can play. He does put up numbers. He does have talent. I don't think it's a. I don't. I don't think it'd be crazy to play both of them together once in a while. Um, but if you have Welsh and you can bring Goleman off the bench as his backup, I think that works out great for Coach Alford. That's a luxury having two quality bigs like that. Uh, another quality big. Uh, we talked about uh, Auburn as being maybe one of those surprise teams. You know, maybe who's going to be the next South Carolina? Um, and we talked about Austin Wiley, six eleven soft. He only averaged uh, about nine points a game and about five boards a game. But pay attention to that TCU game on January 28th where he put up 25 points and seven boards in just 21 minutes. That kind of put him on the map and made people realize, like, oh, yeah, this kid is talented and this kid is important. He is going to be a player. It's great that he decided to come back and develop under Coach Pearl uh, at Auburn and make Auburn Another team to pay attention to this year that could make that big jump with quality players, a reliable coach, and maybe somebody, uh, maybe a program that's a little bit under the radar. Uh, one of our favorite Coelacanth big men, Isaac Haas from Purdue. 7-2, played, playing really well overseas on Purdue's overseas trip. Uh, and again, if you take a peek at the game that they played against Nova, Early in the season, November 14th, he put up 22 points in just 20 minutes. And maybe this was like a precursor, right, for Villanova that they got burned by, you know, Haas early and they got burned by, uh, you know, Tago Fall early. 
that maybe that was a, a little bit of a precursor in the tournament being like, ah, oh, you know, oh, guess what? They ran into the next player and he helped win that game and pull that upset. One of my favorite big men seal can't through the 2017-18 season is Ethan Happ from Wisconsin. So Ethan Happ kind of copied what Haas and Fall did early in the season to Villanova and helped Wisconsin pull that big 1-8 upset. But if we pay attention to uh, Ethan Happ's more impactful game, uh, maybe January 21st against Minnesota, always tough to play at the barn. He had 28 points, 12 boards, 6 assists, and 5 blocks in 38 minutes in a big 2-point Wisconsin win on the road. You know how tough those Big Ten road wins are, especially in those legendary venues like the barn. Speaking of the Big Ten, we would be remiss if we did not mention... A little bit undersized, but still old-school big, Nick Ward. Nick Ward, 6'8", about 250, averaged about 14 points, about 6.5 boards. And he, too, lit up Minnesota December 27th, 22 points, 10 boards, 4 blocks. And he only went 4 from 13 from the line in that game. So that could have been a 30-point game. He makes some free throws. And next to him this season will be Jaron Jackson, who's a 6'11 freshman coming in from Michigan State. So they actually have two big men sealer cans so they can go in and get some paint touches and chuck it out to Bridges uh, to make a couple of threes. And that's going to be a good team. It's going to be fun to watch. Uh, And Nick Ward did that damage in uh, 33 minutes in that win over Minnesota. Uh, That was a huge one-point win uh, on the road. Uh, And our final sealer can is going to be Vladimir Brodzanski from TCU. 6'11", average about 14 points a game, about almost six boards a game. And all you need to look at is that NIT championship game March 30th against Georgia Tech and Lemmers. Another big that we mentioned already. He had 18 points and six boards in just 24 minutes. He will be part of that TCU resurrection that Jamie Dixon has going there, and he is our final coelacanth spotting for this upcoming basketball season. So, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. You have your coelacanth sightings, all those bigs that are going to make an impression in the 2017-2018 season. Now, we're not saying that these guys are going to be great pros. We're not saying that these guys are going to be first-round draft picks. We're not saying they're going to be you know top five or lottery picks. We are saying that they are going to have a gigantic impact in the upcoming college basketball season for the reason that we mentioned before. Bigs still have an impact. You're going to have an impact at the college level if you're a big as a space eater on the defensive end. Even if you have like one marketable skill, you're going to find time on the floor and time in the rotation. But all of these players that we just mentioned are multidimensionally skilled players that will have an impact across the board for each one of these teams. And I wouldn't be surprised if each one of these teams and each one of these programs that we just mentioned, I bet we revisit the Coelacanth podcast in March. I bet all these teams are going to be in the tournament or at least knocking on the door to get there because of the impact of these um, big post players. Uh, We wanted to end the podcast by just saying, hey, if you're enjoying what you're listening to out there, don't forget to give Screen the Screener uh, a review on iTunes. We'd love to read out any other positive reviews that we get uh, on the podcast. Uh, so go, please go ahead and leave us one there. Uh, we really appreciate the, the positive vibes and, and the kind words that you might uh, 
type out on the keyboard. So thank you. Um, we want to say ahoy out there at Curtis D. Goff. Uh, good vibes your way. Keep doing your thing. Thanks for listening in. We also want to say ahoy, an, an overseas ahoy to at L D A J O R D I. Cheers, Salancha, gratulatia to you out there. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for uh, supporting the podcast. Uh, if you'd like to get in touch with the podcast, please hit us up on Twitter at S the S podcast. Love to interact with you guys. Uh, if there's something you'd like to hear us talk about, please let us know. We'd love to address it. Um, and also, if you'd like to email the show, please uh, hit us up on Gmail, s the s podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we'd love to hear from you and uh, love to get your opinion on what we're doing, how we're doing, if we should talk about something else, or maybe you just think one of us really stinks and we have a poor opinion. Let us know that too. We'd love to either side of your opinion. Um, so again, thank you so much guys for listening in out there. Everybody enjoy your week and uh, screen the screener, catch up with you later on. I'm addicted to the appetite.